Greetings, troubled listener. Welcome back to the Troubled Men podcast. I am Renee Coleman, sitting in the safe house, on the line with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times, and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, man. What's going on? Oh, Manny, just uh, grinding along. You're in the uh, safe know, house. I'm still in the safe house, Manny. Uh, although, you know, I'm, I was thinking today we, we got to break out of the safe houses uh, soon. You know, I'm, I'm not sure where that's going to be, uh, if, the, if the, the ring room is, is ready, to, ready for the, the totality of the Troubled Men podcast again, or if we're going to have to find a, uh, uh, yet a second or third location. No, ring room ain't happening. Ain't yeah, happened. right, right, right. Well, we're, we're going to have to cast about. If there's any uh, listeners out there that, that, have, uh, that have facilities, they want to have a, a bar or something that's, that's, uh, they could keep, have a quiet corner for us on a, a Thursday night or a Tuesday night or something, we'll figure that out. But anyway, so uh, yes, uh, so the election was this Saturday. We got the results. And I lost again. But the, the good news is, uh, I think you got your highest vote total ever. Am I correct? I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. And uh, not, uh, I mean, I've, I've placed seventh once, once before, but not with not that many votes. This time I placed 10th with uh, 578 votes. Right. So there are 578 people out there who thought I was the man for the job who actually, you know, knew that I was the right guy for the job. Sure. I think you got pretty good uh, uh, support from the Komen family this time around. Oh, really? Yes, yes. Not uh, money, though. Well, but, uh, we're, 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 we're going for votes, right, Manny? That's what you're counting at the well, end of the day. Well, money buys votes, man. Well, I don't think we're, we're, we're not and there we yet. We raised the most money this time, and that's why I think we got the most votes. Oh, I was thinking it's because, uh, uh, you know, your, your, your continued high profile over the last four years with the Troubled Men podcast, as well as uh, uh, the fact that uh, there was no real viable challenger to LaToya Cantrell. So people figured, well, why not take a chance with Manny Chevrolet? Yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. But, you know, there was another candidate. This, uh, I think he's a retired lawyer, might still be a lawyer. Um, and he had the same idea as I had, uh, camps to, to, Oh, well, okay. He had the same idea, but, and he was praised when he talked about the camps, but yet I was ostracized when I talked about bringing camps. Did you, do you talked about that in the, in the debates, Manny? Well, there were no debates. Oh, he talked about that in the forum or something? Yeah, he brought it up in his profile. I'm saying you, you brought it up. You talked about that in the forums? I talked about it in a couple of forums. Okay. So All right. Well, he. very good. Well, I guess, I guess neither, yeah. neither one of, of y'all had, a, uh, had, uh, had uh, the support of the, the, uh, the community behind that. Yeah. So we'll be back, though. You know. Sure, sure, sure. Yes, you have uh, uh, next next time there won't be an in, an in, incumbent to run against. Yeah, open, but it's open gonna field. Be, the big name will be Helena Moreno because she wants to be mayor. Yes, she she won again, did she not? For uh, one of those at large seats, something like that. I don't know what what's the difference between at large and just large. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know what the difference is. Yeah, know? I think that's a citywide. Uh, uh, council position oh, okay well she's gonna probably you know we'll see what happens you know we'll see what happens right you know because i've got some dirt on her man oh do you yes. well i i know that you guys have a history yeah we have a history but i'm not gonna bring it out just yet sure sure keep your powder dry because some of her ex boyfriends might get mad <laughs> okay well <laughs> yeah. but yeah uh, so you know the party's over it's now just the pity party and okay. uh, that's how I'm going to run again. I'm going to run on the pity party and uh, <laughs> we'll see if I get more votes that way. Huh? Okay. So anyway, it's over. We had a good time, you know, my staff and everybody, we had a huge party. It was a lot of fun. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, where, where'd you do that? It was at the, the, the Snake and Jake's Christmas Club. Oh, okay. Yeah. My, my was... invitation must have been lost in the mail, Manny. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if you could have made it. There's no roads that lead out of your house. <laughs> you know? I can't even get to your house. I had to walk like two blocks just to, uh, to get you a yard card. I had to right. Put, 
It was ridiculous. Yeah, it looks like uh, 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 Omaha Beach out there. It looks like, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah, it's just a, a crater-filled uh, sand and gravel track. Yeah. Actually, had a uh, an Amazon delivery truck I saw last weekend. Must have been like late on a Friday. Uh, maybe this delivery person was was trying to make a last couple of deliveries, and they came barreling down. <laughs> into my street even though it's blocked at the other end and uh they made it about i don't know 45 feet before the whole thing just sunk into the sand Uh. (laughs) (laughs) was totally totally stuck there does amazon have their own towing company I, I don't know. I had to go play a job, uh, so I didn't. I didn't get to hang around for the uh, for the the, the post uh, festivities. But yeah, they must have had somebody come drag them out because it was gone when I got back home. Oh fuck! That's crazy. That's crazy. Going nuts, man. Right. You know. But I wanted to talk about something. I don't know if you heard about this, mm-hmm. but I thought it was crazy and hilarious and and uh, kind of cool in some ways. Um, have you heard about this? There's a band called Brass Against. Have you ever heard of this band? Uh, no. Okay. Well, this is a, a a brass band out of New York, and there are a bunch of all these New York brass players, and they get together, and their whole thing is that they do uh, uh, brass versions of like classic rock songs. Okay. And they're very popular, apparently. You know, very very popular, but. Um, they were doing a show, uh, some big festival. I think it was Florida, maybe somewhere on the east. I'm not sure. But, you know, their lead singer is this woman, Sofia Yorista. And she's drinking, the band's playing and she's rapping or singing, like, you know, I don't know, Stairway to Heaven or something like that. I don't know. But she's drinking water and she goes, After I'm done with this water, I'm going to pee on somebody. (laughs) (laughs) So she's done with the water. And she points to this guy in the audience who's got like some weird kind of hat that's shaped like a bowl or something. So he he jumps up on stage and she proceeds to pull down her pants and she starts peeing into the bowl. Huh. But she's gyrating so much, it's not all going into the bowl. (laughs) So um, she's done peeing. She pulls her pants back up. The guy gets up, and he takes the hat, and he throws it into the audience. (laughs) All this piss in a bowl. Uh Uh-huh. But then the thing that was weird, she like then, she said... Security, get this motherfucker off the stage. Get him off the stage. So the guy ends up getting like arrested and all what? that. <laughs> because this makes any sense. It's you gotta look it up. It's crazy going nuts. And hmm. uh, it's very uh, aggressive, you know. And now now uh I, I was gonna ask what what goes on the so the band is just vamping while she's uh she's peeing? That I couldn't tell because okay. the, the audio was bad in the footage I saw. And but I did see her pull down her pants. This guy jumps on stage, and she just starts squatting above him. Hmm. I wonder and if that's like a regular part of their show. No, no. Uh, because what happened was, uh, the it just went crazy, viral, or whatever they call it. And the rest of the band like put out on Instagram or tweeted that they don't. They apologize for the whole thing that she did. They apologize. It's not their, you know, they it would never do it again. It's not who we are and all this kind of stuff. Um, so uh, it was crazy. I don't know if they'll get another gig anytime soon. Hmm. But uh, she's kind of hot looking, though, too. So I could see where someone might be into that, you know? Okay. Well, um, uh, look know. out I... for the band called Brass Against. Huh. Okay. A collective right. brass band out of New York City or something like that. And they, uh, they're uh, touring. <laughs> they're touring as we speak yeah well uh, you know it's it could be like a big publicity stunt you know because now they even have us talking about it man it could be i don't know but it seems like they've been around for a while okay you know, and got nobody some... ever heard of them but uh well, but now this this big stunt now we're talking about them so there well you go. they have a few albums out they played some big festivals you know uh it's uh classic uh rock uh 
done to brass and stuff. Okay. Uh, we'll see what happens with them. But I, I'm, I'm hoping they come to New Orleans because I think another thing they should do is maybe put a porter potty on the stage. Okay, that, that seems like it's going to take some of the some of the uh, the life out of the act, you know. It's uh, well, if it's you I know, know it's uh, I some really of the mystery. Know. I was thinking, you know, Manny, maybe next time, uh, next uh, next campaign, you could try something like that. Uh, you know, <laughs> I have, have already tried something like that. Oh, okay. You should have you should have seen uh, eight years ago, man. But I don't want to get into that. I don't know where I was, but anyway. Um, so, uh, so we have Thanksgiving coming up this week. Uh, I know you, you sometimes have a traditional Thanksgiving plan that you go into. Uh, now is the, it's often uh, opening day at the fairgrounds, right? The horse racing track. Yeah. Is, is that going to happen again this year? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, you lost the will to go on to, oh, to pursue I have. these. I've lost yeah. the will. I don't know about my <laughs> wife. I know my daughter probably has lost. She doesn't want to deal with that either. You know? Huh. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, my, it's all up to my wife. You know, she runs the show. I, I don't, you know, I just, you know, sign the checks basically. And I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you have, but if you she have does have power it, now. Yeah, um, if she does decide to have it, uh, you'll be the last one to know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I always have uh, yeah. other plans that that right. uh, that day, Manny. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not, a, you know, the whole idea of turkey to me is it's like. You know, that was like 40 years ago where you waited all year to have a turkey. Now you can have turkey any time of the year you want. It's one of those foods you eat almost every day. Yeah, you know, they'll get a turkey sandwich. It's like, you know, who cares about turkey and sitting down? That's the worst. You got to sit down with people, too. I don't want to sit down with people. Right. Unless I'm a mob boss, I want to sit down. Sure, sure. We've had some of those, yeah, over the the years, right? But did you notice uh, this weekend, I noticed, I know it was... uh, it was election weekend, but uh, they had a. I noticed. Uh, I, I got to see a Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. with uh, with uh, Taylor Swift. Did you hear about this? Uh, I did not. Oh, jeez, gosh, hey, what a buildup! What a production this chick did. You know, they said, ladies and gentlemen, Taylor. She sang like a ten-minute song. With like a video in back of her telling this story, uh-huh. and it was such a buildup of production and just so much whining, you know. <laughs> it was just like get, you know, come on, get to the end of the song already, you know. We know we know you've had bad relationships, you know. This is what I hear this because I had to listen to this uh, when my daughter was younger, having to drive her to school. And then, you know, I was just like, thank God she's over. And fortunately, you know, usually the musical guest does like two gigs, you know, two spots. Mm-hmm. They didn't give her a second. <laughs> they didn't let her go on. It was 10 minutes of just. Oh, okay. She just put it all into one segment. Oh, God. But, you know, I, I did see a, a couple of seconds of it. And, and one thing I thought is that she actually was singing on stage, I believe. Well, yeah, I think which, she did. Which often. Uh, the, it doesn't happen. I, I see so many acts, one act after another on Saturday Night Live. It's so goofy. They get up there and pantomime to their record, man. It's, yeah. It's fucking Well, because insulting. they can't really sing most of those acts. It's, it's why, why have those acts on Saturday Night Live? You know, when you, when you have, you know, the tradition of like Elvis Costello getting up there and, you know, rocking live and even changing it up at the last minute, you know, and then you're going to get somebody to come and, and uh, pantomime with their record. Like it's uh fucking well, because those people don't have talent. Well, I mean, I guess it's, you know, the, the, the parent companies have a pipeline, they have uh whatever integrated marketing and uh, you know, the, the, the television. And they're probably, you know, most of those acts are probably paying to play too. Well, it's, uh, I think it's probably who, you know, AT&T acts, whoever, you know, whatever companies AT&T owns, they own NBC nowadays, I believe. I don't know. But yeah, I, I appreciate when someone actually plays an instrument and sings, really. I do. I see what you're saying. But then, you know, that happened Saturday. And then <clears throat> Sunday, I had to walk into the living room and my daughter's watching something, this Adele in concert who's got this big Sunday night special. She's singing outdoors at Griffith Park Observatory in LA. Okay. In front of all these VIPs. And she's got to have one of the most annoying voices I've ever heard. She's right up there with my other people that I can't stand. Uh, Okay. You know, um, what bothers you about, uh, about her voice? Oh, it's just, it's just, it's just 
just kind of like, you know, it, it, it whines. It's just like this, I don't know what it is. It just rubs me the wrong way. It just kind of whines and it's, it's real, <laughs> well. you know, it's like a dead animal, you know? Hmm. Okay. And she's in, in, God, it's just what a buildup in her stuff and what a production. And then she goes, after the show, she goes on Oprah and talks about, you know, her problems with relationships. Like, you know, it's like her and Taylor Swift, you know, why don't you guys get a room together or something? Well, they, you know? they, I guess they, they eat that up on the, in the, yeah. in the Oprah circuit, you know? I, you know, I just have two words, three words of advice to these two broads, you know, get <laughs> over it. You know, people have bad relationships. You're making millions off of this. Yeah, you know? well, I guess I guess that's what they figure. Why you know? don't they this go? Is, this... You know, they're such multimillionaires. Why don't they just go find some men who are weak? They, they can just stomp on and, and 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 you know take advantage of them. I'll I'd be willing to do it. You know, come <laughs> come, hey Taylor, come hang out with me. Buy me dinner. Buy me a new suit. You can stomp all over me if you want. I don't care. Well, she's she's looking for the material, man. That's that's uh. Well, I'd give her plenty of material. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, she's got she's I guess she's uh she's she's on a whole campaign now, so she's all full up. Well, I, I think she's been this way since she started, hasn't he? I think she's always uh, yes used her personal life as fodder for her her uh, her next record. Well, maybe she should just get a life. You know, fuck her personal life. Get a fucking life. Taylor Swift. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to to either one of those artists, frankly. I managed to uh, to cocoon myself off, not have a lot of Adele or uh, or uh, Taylor Swift <coughs> exposure. So that cold is still hanging in there with you, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot to tell you, I got a, a flu shot when I went to our the staff physician last week. A flu shot. A flu see. shot, and I also got my uh, my. Uh, third covid booster a week yeah. or so before that so yep i'm all i'm all i don't uh, think i'm gonna get that booster no no i don't think so I, i've never got i haven't gotten a flu shot in over 25 years so i'm not right, gonna get right. a flu shot right and i could get i can go get a free booster if i want but it's you know i gotta i gotta make an appointment all that yeah well that. you know I, I just walked into the pharmacy and signed up and had one in about 10 minutes but uh you know you don't have a lot of exposure you're not you're not really well, out i don't there have a lot of time the, like the people you do, so I, oh well out. you'd be surprised how how much stuff i get done manny you you, you have no idea what my schedule's like are you a farmer like me get up at six o'clock in the morning uh no but i work much later than you yeah so we, we are in a different schedule Okay. Yes. Right. yes. Introduce the guest, man. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, this is a guy I've played music with uh, in different bands for years. He's uh, a terrific guitar player, mandolin player, uh, professor here at uh, UNO. Oh. Uh, plays with a lot of great bands. George Porter uh, played with uh, Maria Maldar, Mark Broussard, on and on. Without further ado, the great Mr. Chris Atkins. Welcome, Chris. Hey, how's it going, y'all? Hey, man, you're a quiet one, Chris. <laughs> oh, man, I was laughing. I was trying <laughs> to... You're stuff a you were quiet saying. one, man. <laughs> you, were you trying to not laugh into the mic, Chris? Is oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I always tell people, go ahead and laugh. You know, we're, we, we like that. We like to hear you, you know, we're, we're right. not trying to suppress you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have you on, Chris. We want to hear from you. <laughs> Man, I was thinking about even the name, like that story you were telling me, that troubled me. So I'm a troubled man already. Wait, which <laughs> one? The brass band story? Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, man. So you don't get into any of that. Oh, have, no. you been, have, have you ever been in any bands that, no. that have that kind of stage stick, Chris? No, man. Uh, George Porter stage. doesn't pull his dick out on stage ever? Oh, not, just, not just sometimes? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't think so. And and you've never done that. No, no certainly. <laughs> right, right, right. But you are from Florida, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I am from Florida. So <laughs> So there's a chance. Yeah. You still got yeah, a chance. Yeah. Oh man. There's still a chance, maybe. <laughs> Whereabouts from Florida are you from, man? I grew up in a town called St. Augustine. Oh yeah. It's my a, wife my wife loves that town. Oh, cool. It's a cool little town, man. It's right. It's on the East Coast, right? Yeah, the East Coast, about an hour uh, south of Jacksonville, north of Daytona. Yeah, and uh, it was like the oldest. They say it's the oldest city uh, ever. Yeah, yeah Euro European city over here, I guess, in the states. Hmm. Yeah, that's why she went there. 
She oh, wanted okay. to check it out. She wanted to check it out because it was one of the oldest things. And I think she had a free trip or something. I don't yeah. Know, like <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. But uh, so you're, you're near uh, uh, Jacksonville. And did, are you, did you ever get into NASCAR? I didn't get into NASCAR, no. It was certainly around. Uh, I, I guess I just got into guitar, you know, beforehand, you know. Uh, right. But I played a lot of biker bars down there uh, growing up, you know. Okay, <laughs> really? So, uh, well, well, first of all, how did you get into uh, playing guitar? What what turned you on to that? Well, um, my my dad was a musician, and he he, really? he just played. Uh, uh, you know, he he always had guitars around the house, and he played in a couple bands uh, when we were growing up. But um, then after a while, he kind of set it down. Um, but the instruments were still there, so. It's kind of always there. I used to pick them up and just, you know, try to pick out a little tune or something. And when I was about 10, we moved uh, kind of out in the woods, you know, outside the city. And so there weren't any neighborhood kids to, to hang out with. So I kind of gravitated towards the guitar and just kind of stuck with it to pass the time kind of thing. And You know, when I was around that age, too, my dad, he put down the glass pipe and I took it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's kind of similar to, to yeah, Chris's thing. Chris's yeah, story. sure. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. But we didn't live out in the woods, so we were, we were right on the streets, man. Uh, yeah, right on the strip. <laughs> Where'd you grow up, man? Los Angeles. Oh, you grew up in Los Angeles, too. Okay. Yeah. I'm uh, Angelino from, from way back, yeah. yeah okay. um, but um, I was there just this past May. I had a really good time. You know, I miss my I miss my city a lot, but I I don't think I can afford to live there anymore. It's gotten pretty expensive, huh? Yeah, it's gotten very expensive. I mean, I could, I could probably afford to live there, but not in the neighborhoods I want to live in. You know, <laughs> right. that, I, that I used to live in. You know, right. those yeah. neighborhoods. So, so Chris, uh, you're saying was your father your primary teacher for most of those uh, formative years? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that he, he showed me some chords to kind of st start with, you know? Um, okay. Uh, but I kind of, now did you, know, you have some kind of family band or yeah. something that's kind of bringing back a, a memory of faint memory I had of you yeah. telling me that. Yeah. So we, we, um, and he, and he was more of a bass player really. Um, um, but yeah, so, you know, I played for a while and, and, and I guess at some point, um, we, my brother picked up drums and we started jamming around the house and, and my dad kind of booked a couple gigs and, you know, when we were you know really young and we started doing that for a while and it was, uh, and it just kind of turned into a thing we did as a family, uh, for a while. Um, and in, in my early teen years and, uh, or I guess through most of my teen years really. Right. So you didn't have a big rebellion from your parents. <laughs> you, uh, you were, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, there were moments. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, but it's tough when when you're in the band too. <laughs> like, I think that was his plan. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> right. So, at what point do you start uh, studying, like, with outside teachers, or or you know, what what was your high school uh, experience like? Were you playing in bands, uh, like bands with kids your own age, or what kind of music were you into? Um, yeah, not to start with. So the, the band was kind of we kind of went up and down the east coast of florida a bit um mm. and uh and kind of um i don't know it was it was a thing for for a little bit uh we were homeschooled for a couple of years the early years of high school hmm. um, why was that uh just because the band was kind of doing some stuff and we were, we were like um in talks with like a label which was all bs <laughs> okay later, later found out you know but um uh you know we, we like open for bo diddley and stuff like that but Eventually, uh, we went back into high school, and there was a guitar teacher there, Trey Brewer, who kind of, you know, showed me all this other stuff that I'd never heard before. Um, uh, music of, of Schofield and, and, and West Montgomery and stuff like that. And uh, that kind of changed my direction a bit, I guess, for, for a while. Okay. So you never had, like, a hard rock phase? uh not really. It was blues to start with. It was like BB King and Buddy Guy and Hendrix and and you know Stevie Ray and Clapton and, and that kind of stuff. And so nice. at the time, you know, it was like Nirvana was popular, and, and I was totally at that moment like these guys can't even play their guitar, you know. Okay. <laughs> but uh, um, do your siblings still play? Yeah, my brother still plays. <clears throat> um, he's still in Jacksonville. Um, 
uh, I guess it wasn't until later though that I got into all that kind of stuff, you know. It's, it's, right, it's you kind of backfilled, sure, yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, did growing up, did you uh, have like any kind of crazy Florida stuff happen to you? Like, you know, see a friend get swallowed by a python, or, or uh, you know, find like five kilos on a beach or something? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I haven't. I, I knew someone later that had something kind of like that happen. Uh, you know, just uh, I, I it, it was it wasn't my story, but it's. it's um, you could say it's, it's you. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember exactly, podcast, exactly what it was, you know? but it was something having to do with something being smuggled, smuggled in from another country through through the uh, intercoastal or something like that. I've <laughs> heard that happens quite a bit down in Florida. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've, I've seen but, movies but, where that happens. <laughs> but I had I didn't experience any of that. It was relatively uneventful. Um, okay. Uh, you know. Now, what about uh, sports? You 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 strike me as a guy. I could see you out on the baseball field. Were you a baseball player? Um, I was actually more of a basketball enthusiast, uh, played huh, a lot of okay. basketball growing up, although we, we, you know, we, we played, played ball with some friends sometimes, but yeah. Basketball okay. I just, I look at you and you have a build of, I could see you, you know, in a baseball uniform. I don't know. I'm just, yeah, maybe just, I should have done that. That would have, <laughs> that would have been the better career path. <laughs> no, I know. I don't think so. No, I think, uh, uh, baseball is, is a, a worse career pl- path than, uh, than guitar player for sure. It's, uh, it's yeah, so. much, much lower odds of success. <laughs> so, uh, so you stay in, in Florida and, and wind up going to college there and, uh, you get a, a, a degree in, uh, jazz performance. Tell us about your experience in, uh, in, in undergraduate. You liked your instructors. You were there with a bunch of good, uh, other students. Yeah. I mean, it was at that time I was just kind of going with what, what I knew at the time. And, and my, my teacher then was, my parents wanted me to go to school and it was either uh at that time to study music it was sort of jazz or classical is what they called it and um so i just i got into school um out there and and studied with this guy barry green who's a really great guitar player kind of out of the george benson pat martino style Mm -hmm. of playing and uh a great saxophonist bunky green um uh who was from chicago and um an alto player just he was sort of a guru kind of guy that everyone in the city kind of looked up to hung hung with like coltrane and all those guys back in the day and mm-hmm. um he uh, was he was a really or he's still alive he, well, um he, he was at that time when we were hanging he was a really special guy and uh, sort of mr miyagi kind of character you know that everyone kind of grew from you know his experience and stuff nice nice yes we love to identify those uh those pivotal characters like that yeah yeah so he he uh, encouraged you he he's it's it's so important as you're growing up because there's a lot of people doing it and then you'll have these important figures somehow reach out and and almost like uh anoint you or something you know like kind of <laughs> pull you aside and go like man don't pay any attention to all this other bullshit that's going on, like in the school or in this class, you know, uh, I can see you're serious or whatever the, whatever the communication is to, for you to go, Oh wow. Okay. This person recognizes something in me that, uh, you know, that that really kind of keeps you going. Yeah. I would say that person was the high school teacher. I mentioned Trey Brewer, uh, more, more so for me personally. Okay. Um, and we still keep in touch with friends. So when we, when, when I'm back in the city, we'll, we'll go hang out and, and meet up and play or whatever. Um, it's great too, great player. Um, and, uh, so he was definitely that guy for me. And, and, and I used to hang out at, at lunchtime in his office and he'd put on this record and put on that record. Have you heard this? And, um, you know, and it just kind of opened my ears to all this other music that I wouldn't have wouldn't have known about really um, and then right. yeah so Chris when yeah. you played basketball what was your shot what was your best shot um, I just a jump shot I'd say and and I could see I could I was good at making uh, it's like seeing the court and making the the, um, the plays happen like uh, so you were a good kind of a point guard. guard. Yeah, it was kind of my, my thing. Uh, you know, um, it, you know, we, we played in a little league and we had a couple good seasons and stuff. One, uh, one, which I, 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 I had broken my arm, um, 
a little I guess playing a little, guitar. <laughs> no, a little backstory. No, we were. Uh, I was up visiting family uh, up up in Indiana at the time. Some grandparents and and it was uh, in winter time, and we went out, and they had a neighborhood of a whole bunch of kids that we would hang out with when we'd go up there and visit. Well, first thing we do is we go out, and it's there's ice on the street, and they they put together a little makeshift ice hockey thing where they took some PVC pipes and you know and like I had like a tennis ball or something as a puck you know and uh I had these shoes that didn't have much grip on them and I <laughs> I hit the puck and it was really interesting because I I uh as I was falling backwards I kind of instinctively knew I was about to break my arm <laughs> so oh, I, in a split second I, I remember thinking this is crazy I don't even know how this happens but I'm right-handed. Let me stick my left arm out. So I did, <laughs> and I broke my left arm and was in a elbow cast for six weeks, and then another another cast for another four. But they still let me play in the YMCA league with that cast. So I used to, I used to just like <laughs> try to elbow people, to make some room <laughs> down. To, you know. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Use it all. becomes a, becomes a weapon. See, when I when I used to play, I was too small to play like under the basket. So I, I and I was just like the shooting guard. Like you would have probably found me like hanging out in the corner of yeah. the of the court a lot because I had this really nice corner shot. Okay, and everybody knew it, so they they they'd always go watch the corner. There goes Manny into the corner, and yeah. I mm. I just had this beautiful corner shot. And uh, I'll never forget in one of these games I was in, and it was like uh, like a playoff game or something. And you know these games only go up to like eleven by one. You know you mm -hmm. played eleven okay. by yeah. one, and. Uh, I I hit ten of our eleven points. Jeez! Wow! Yeah, I was on fire. No kidding, man. Yeah, first and only time. <laughs> yeah, I got people picked me up and put them on their shoulders and like escorted me off the off the court. Okay, nice A victory lap yeah. for Manny. Nice. Yeah, that was good times. Right on, right you on. Should have broken your arm, man. You could have had some room up up in the <laughs> underneath the basket too. <laughs> I could have done that, or just throw the ball at them, at their balls. You know? <laughs> it never works, man. <laughs> so, Chris, you're you're there. You're in school, at college in Florida. You're playing a lot of gigs around there with with uh, some some uh, uh, local luminaries. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of great uh, musicians uh, from that area. Um, there's just not a lot of a, an industry or scene really that. Uh, like like here obviously um, but um, yeah there was a guy I played with um, named Teddy Washington and he was a trumpet player that was in James Brown band um, I think he was on the Apollo recording if the live from Apollo recording if I remember oh, okay correctly. cool but um, but he was a guy that everyone in town like came up through the ranks of and and, and then would kind of move on kind of deal you know right at some point um, so we kind of mentor some some folks and he was funny. He was funny too. Uh, it, it just great player, and and we'd always have to go get go to his apartment after the weekend to get paid. <laughs> and I think it was because he wanted to hang more. <laughs> That's what I'm guessing. But the money was. <laughs> what was funny is the money was always a couple dollars short. <laughs> 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 like. Uh, It'd be like if it was, you know, 150 bucks. It'd be like 148 dollars, <laughs> 146 the next time or whatever. And you're like, Teddy, man, I thought we were. Oh, oh, yeah. And he would like give you the other three dollars. <laughs> oh, okay. But he's hoping you wouldn't ask for it. No, uh, I think it was a test or something. I don't know. Well, <laughs> okay. You know, maybe he learned that from James Brown. James That's Brown used thought. to dock people for like missing a a, a break or that something sure, like that. Sure. So he used to do that. Maybe he learned. Maybe he was trying to pay back James Brown with those two, three bucks because he was right. Figured, times. I don't yeah, know. If, he, if, if he round rounded off uh, every time, you do that enough times, it adds up to real money over, over exactly. the course of the year. Right on. Yeah. So you you get to New Orleans. You you come to New Orleans in the the uh, the UNO Jazz Studies pipeline of of uh, of non indigenous musicians coming to New Orleans. Yeah. So is that, were you uh, kind of recruited or something? I know you, you went there, uh, you know, you were on a, like a full assistantship or uh, tell us that. So that was the, the program that uh, Ellis Marcellus had, had founded, but then uh, Steve Mazakowski had taken over by the time you were there, I, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and and at the time, like I, I honestly didn't want to go back to school or whatever, but I, but New Orleans, New Orleans was always on, on my radar, and uh, and I wanted to move out, move away. And we were looking at New York too, and um, and uh, you know, I was just drawn here, and. I came, um, we had been once when I was young as, as a kid with my family and uh, I came uh, and visited with a friend and I was just blown away, you know, there's music every night of the week, just something as simple as that. On a Monday night, you can go out on a Tuesday night, uh, which is not something that they had in Jacksonville. Okay. It's, despite the great musicians. I mean, I mean, uh, Jameson Ross is from there, I don't know if you know him, and uh-huh. um, Ulysses Owens, uh, Christian McBride's drummer. And, they just don't have the clubs, they don't have the the uh, the clientele to fill the clubs. Clientele, or, yeah. And then sometimes there'll be a club that starts up, but it's just not something that people um, are into, really, to support. Just not um, culturally important there. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, I came, I came ch- and I, I wanted to move here, and it was sort of, I, I, I kind of uh, weighed out the idea of going back to school or not, and although I didn't particularly want to go back to school, it was a great way to meet a lot of people real quickly, and and uh, yeah, Steve offered me the full thing with, with a stipend, so I was like getting paid, and, and it's like, well, this is kind of, uh, you know, a smart move, it seemed right. Like. And I'm so glad I did because then I got to study with with him, and he's amazing. And yep. Brian Seeger and Hank Mackey, and you know that was my first. Steve was my first bass teacher. Oh, really? I didn't know. Yes, that. yes. I right when he got back from Berkeley, uh, he started playing guitar in my father's band, and uh, I had just picked up uh, an electric bass that my father had bought for himself, and kind of started teaching myself a little bit. And then and Steve showed up on a gig, and. I was moving the equipment. My, fa- my father goes, hey, this guy plays bass, too. I was like, oh, cool. And he goes, you want to take some lessons from him? Like, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> cool. Well, I love hearing your stories about studying with Alice, too, man. That, that always fascinated me. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so I, I was uh, very fortunate to have, have uh, you know, then followed studying with Steve uh, up with uh, studying with Alice. But uh, so 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 you're there at UNO, and it, it does have that... that uh, effect of you meet a lot of people real quick um mm. now when i first met you I, I think was uh you were on ingrid lucia's band <laughs> yeah I think. I think that was the, the first time we ever played together and Probably. and you know that that's a band uh, i i met so many good players that i had not met before or or you know hadn't played with before on on her band it's amazing yeah, she's she's another one. I mean, besides being a great artist, she has all these uh, great musicians that come in and and just like like yeah, what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah, can't remember what the first gig we did was that was that the one we did in Birmingham or was it or like Montgomery or something? We no, that wasn't the first one. No, we would. I, I can't even remember when the yeah. when 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 the first ones were. But uh, you you played in that band for a. a, a a good long time, and then we played together in uh, in Lynn Drury's band at times, yeah. and yeah. and and actually, Lynn is somebody. I, uh, you're someone who has recommended me for more more bands <laughs> than anybody else in the really? last couple of years. Yes, <laughs> yes, you, well, cool. you recommended me for Lynn's band. Uh, uh, you know, and you, I, I think you even recommended me for uh, for John Gros band because John knew me, but uh, you know we hadn't ever played together. I think it was on your recommendation. So again, he thank you, Chris. You. Yeah. Oh yeah, he loves you, man. Because <laughs> you're great. <laughs> John's terrific, man. Yes, it's uh, we definitely have a. a have some gigs coming up with him. Cool. Um, so you, so you meet all these people and you're, and, and, and you're, you're immediately, you know, working all the time. That must've been very gratifying, huh? To, to, uh, have such success in new Orleans, you know, being, not being from here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it wasn't immediate for me. I, I remember actually the first gig I did, uh, it was from, with some students at, at the school at a, at a club, uh, on, on uh, the corner of Esplanade and, and Decatur. Uh, and it was like an afternoon gig. And the, the I'll never forget the, the, the band leader gave, gave me a, they made, we made $4. <laughs> so we oh, okay. each a dollar a piece. <laughs> and I remember thinking I, I, I made a mistake. <laughs> I shouldn't have moved here. <laughs> Welcome to New Orleans. That's right. That's right. That we're going <laughs> to pay some dues right up front, Chris. Right up front. Yeah. So I feel like, I mean, I definitely, uh, you know, had those experiences too. Right. But sure. Certainly though, like seeking out folks and going to hear folks and, and George French and, 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 uh, you know, and, and so many, there's so many great musicians here, the real deal um, yep. folks and, and, um, 
trying to learn and, 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 and respect. And cause I know I'm not from here. I'm never going to be from here, you know, uh, always, you know, I just, I really respect it and, and, you know, try to right. honor that as best I can, you know. And how old were you when you came here? Um, I was, I don't remember exactly. It was 2009. So I, I was think like, 26-ish, something like that. Oh, so that. it was after Katrina when you came. Yeah, it was after Katrina, yeah. So where like, were you squatting? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we luckily didn't have to squat, <laughs> uh, but not far from campus. Not like that girl who pissed on the guy didn't squat. <laughs> no, like I, I, knew, I knew that was coming, Manny. I, I could see that one coming. Very good. I like oh, the way man. you tied that up. Well, uh, well Manny, and, and on that note, I think this might be a good time to uh, to refill our cocktails, don't oh, you think? Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, uh, definitely. And when we come back, I want to you know uh, talk about uh, your career with George Porter. Y'all have a new record that uh, just came out and you're doing all these gigs with George I want to get to that and, uh, and uh, all these other uh, big stars you play with but uh, Manny go ahead and uh, tell them what goes on now. oh yeah well Chris we just take a break the troubled nation knows what we do we go refill our libation and, uh, and we'll be right back Back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coman. Back with our guest, Mr. Chris Adkins. Now, Chris, uh, we're between sponsors right now, so we're <laughs> back to uh, full listener support. All right. And uh, I got to say, we could use some more support. All of our <laughs> our past few weeks of, of uh, loose change uh, uh, bit has hasn't really had a big effect. So we're going to drop the loose change bit and see if just a, a direct plea to the troubled nation <laughs> you know for all of you that are that are listening i see the numbers i know there's a lot of you out there so uh please avail yourselves of the the paypal link or uh, you know join the the patreon page and uh you know help uh, keep this show on the road as they say or if you still have some loose change, that always helps. Yes, yes, you loose know? change. It, it is all. It will never People turn our broke, backs on Renee. loose change. <laughs> People <laughs> are broke out there. Man. I don't know, man. The economy's doing well. We have uh, have fu- almost full employment. What was always considered full employment, they can't uh, they they can't find people to fill the position. So there's definitely uh, there's definitely money out there. Just need to figure out how to. Nobody how to, wants those jobs, man. Well, anyway, we're, we won't. We won't. Those uh, jobs could be taken by all those people who are sitting there waiting at the border trying to get in. They'll work those jobs. They'll work any job. Okay. Well, there it's you the go. Lazy ass Americans who don't want to work, man. All right. Well, we're not going to solve that here. Uh, we, <laughs> but uh, so nation, uh, again, uh, you know, follow us on uh, Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, and, uh, you know, tell your friends about us, uh, you know, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts and, uh, you know, send that loose change in to the cocktail fund or the, uh, the PayPal link there in the show notes or the Facebook page. 
or cut some of the change that you have loose. <laughs> it was not loose yet. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Loosen it up a little bit more and, uh, and, and send it our way. And uh, start you know, robbing can... <laughs> people and giving us the money. Well, uh, I, I, I won't suggest that. Why don't we that, just become I, pimps, Renee? I don't know, we'll man. Yeah, well, you, you, well, you, you, you have uh, some free time now that the campaign is over, so you can uh, spend it how you wish. Because <laughs> pimping's pretty easy. Uh, I thought pimping was hard, man. I don't know. Uh, you hear different things from different people. I mean, all a pimp is is someone who's a really good convincer of people. Sure, that's, sure. That's what a pimp does. Right, He's right. A great convince, uh, convincer. Right, you know, right. You go have sex, make money, and you give me the money. Yes, it's a it's an amazing magic trick. Um, <laughs> okay, well, uh, moving on. Back to our guest, uh, Chris Atkins. So, Chris, yeah, was, you were talking about the guy in in Florida who was whose band was kind of a, a pipeline or, or or a training ground, and uh, a guy who who we've had a whole bunch of guests on the show who have gone through his band, George Porter, uh, is. Uh, is a guy that you've been playing with steady for a few years now, huh? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm yeah. And uh, yeah, George again, you know, from the, from the meters, uh, one of, one of the greats uh, as still the band sounds stronger than ever. He has, uh, you know, you, the uh, great Mike Lemler, who I play with in the Susan Cowsell band. And, uh, and you guys are doing a lot of dates, right? I mean, I, I saw, see so you're back at the Maple Leaf and uh, even playing some road dates now, huh? Yeah, it's uh, you know, this summer we we played a lot of road dates. Uh, this this Friday we're playing in South Florida or no Tampa, I think somewhere this Friday. Uh, but yeah, we're at the Maple Leaf every Monday. Um, nice. And how the Leaf is uh, all filled up again? It's uh, it's well attended. I'm assuming. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty good. The last couple of weeks have, have have kicked up in attendance for both sets. It's a little earlier these days. It's uh, seven o'clock, really seven thirty. Uh, set and then one at 10 or 10 10 20 ish generally somewhere around there is when we play okay make the gig last five or six hours all right <clears throat> oh with a full break in between like they uh, like an hour they like turn the house kind of thing oh geez um uh but it's not instead of starting at 10 15 and playing till two you know it's it's early right these days Right. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that's gotta be good for you. You have those, uh, two young children at home. <laughs> yes. It's definitely, it's definitely good to get to get a little more sleep. <laughs> right. Right. But I'm, I'm sure you're, you're also relieved to get to leave the house. Yeah. <laughs> go play the gig. A little both. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and sometimes that's, you know, you sleep on the road sometimes. <laughs> okay. And you've done a lot of road work o- over your, your career. You've, cause uh, one time you were on the road with, uh, the great Maria Maldar, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we toured around a bunch. Um, she's, she's awesome. Yeah, she she really goes back, man. You know, there was a uh, I was watching one of those Dylan documentaries recently, and uh, she's she's there, you know, talking about the the earliest days in Greenwich Village and the jug band scene, and yeah, uh, yeah. that's that was very cool to have. Did 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 she share a lot of that with you? Oh yeah, she was she was great with all those stories. Um, like she, she actually, she grew up in Greenwich Village, and she has, she's hilarious, man. I wish, I mean, <laughs> if I could ever hook that up with you guys, could have her, man. You would have a blast. <laughs> sure, um, I'd love to have Maria on the show. She, uh, she, uh, she ran away at sixteen, but realized that everything, <laughs> the epicenter of everything, was right there where she lived. So she only ran away two blocks. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's what she says. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> you know, she used to go to open mics with with uh, Taj Mahal and. I think knew Bob before he, he, either of them were famous, obviously. Right. And, um, uh, and she had, oh, she just had so many stories. Um, that's one of the things that's that, one of my favorite things uh, about working with her was the first thing in the morning when we would get back on the, she had an RV that she traveled in and she'd mm-hmm. sit in, you know, and the coach, I guess, you know, that's the side. And, uh, and she would just be really alert and just start telling these stories about whoever else who, you know, uh, that she's worked with. And it's, and it's been pretty much everybody, you know, um, she had, uh, you know, Benny Carter and, and, uh, uh, you know, on her first solo album, um, like Dr. John is, is just, was just playing keyboards and uh, Booker played on one of her albums, you know, uh-huh. Jim Keltner, um, 
Ry Cooter, you know, just like a, a list of everybody. Yeah. I think Jim Dickinson is in there somewhere. Yeah. On one of those early records. Yeah. And, uh, she had this story on, I guess on her second or third record, she would say, um, uh, she was doing a Hoagie Carmichael tune, um, rock and chair. Um, you know that tune, man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I guess uh, Benny Carter knew that he still lived not far from the studio. So he called him up. It's like, well, why don't you come down and, and, uh, you know, you know, meet this, meet this young lady and, 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 that kind of thing. It's oh, I don't, I don't, I don't really get out much. And well, why don't you come down? And just and the guys would like to see. You. So he comes down, and and then they try to convince him to play on it, and then and uh, and and he doesn't want to do that. Oh, I haven't really played. And oh man, she tells it too. He he, he was I don't remember how old, but you know, late seventies or something, or maybe even early eighties. I, I don't remember. Uh-huh. And he would he said she. He walked in with a. A lady much younger than him on his arm, about 60 or <laughs> 65, something like that. Oh. <laughs> and uh, anyway, they they uh, they convince him to sing along on that that uh, the, that recording as well. I don't know. Man, okay. So many. So many uh, she just had so many great stories, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 and 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 still still out there doing it. In fact, uh, you played on a Grammy-nominated record of hers uh, in the last couple of years, huh? Yeah, she she did a tribute to Lulu Barker. Um, are you familiar with her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. Did you ever know her or? or I, I did not. I okay. did not. Uh, and Danny Barker's—that's Danny Barker's wife, uh, right? And uh, and she Lulu wrote a bunch of great, um, you know, uh, great songs that were very suggestive but not explicit. You know, like as they did back in those days, right? And so she did a tribute record to to her. Um, who was a big influence on her, and they, in fact, they wrote that tune "Don't You Feel My Leg" that she covered on that same album with the Midnight at the Oasis. At the Oasis. Um, and uh, and even then, she, I remember her saying, "Like Warner Brothers tried to tell uh, tell her that uh, the, that they had died and they weren't going to send the royalties." And and she says, "Doc, you know, Mac would say, the hell they are! I saw them on Bourbon Street last week.' You know, like, yeah, you know, kind oh, of stuff." Geez. Right, right, uh, and right. so then Typical. they got they got them the, the money from from the you know, the royalties from all that. And okay, does Maria still play the jug? I don't think she still does that. She does do a, cu- a couple times. She'll do some some jug band music. Um, she played fiddle was like her instrument. Um, but uh, some of those guys like John Sebastian came out to a show in Woodstock, and because uh, he was in one of the jug bands that she was in prior to him uh you know being in the loving spoonful mm-hmm. and um and uh but she she's only brought out the fiddle like only a couple times um and it's cool i like the way she plays it man she's still she yeah. you know she got to hang with like she went and studied uh, some of that music too with doc watson and now uh, you know, you've played, like I was saying, all over the world with, with some of these acts. Uh, you know, I know you traveled a lot with uh, with Roland Garin as well, and play over Europe and, and uh, Asia maybe. Uh, you guys ever have any uh, any scrapes with the law and all these uh, these international trips, any international intrigue? Um, not with the law that I can think of. Um, or I don't know, uh, yeah. organized crime? <laughs> I don't know. He, Groupies, <laughs> no organized crime that I'm aware of. I mean, some airline uh, strife from uh, trying to get our instruments, you know, carry our instruments on board. <laughs> sure, sure. Because uh, overseas they don't have it. Uh, like here in the states, they have to let you carry it on board if you want to. But over there, it's not that case. They they can force you to put it under. So if you just have a gig bag that's not really that 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 uh, strong, you know, it can be a little stressful. <laughs> okay, so you go over there with just a gig bag? <clears throat> um, I used to, <laughs> and after that, oh. that uh, we we were flying from London to Milan, and uh, and they made us all check all our instruments, even though and it was like a half empty plane, it was all bogus. And he had right. one of those. Um, he brought two bases, and one of them was in a pretty thin gig bag. Uh, and luckily everything was cool but yeah i, I went and bought some flight cases after that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's nothing to fool around nope. with but uh but otherwise uh everybody's out there it's it's uh 
it's not not one of those behind the music kind of deals, right? You're, you're uh, out there keep keeping your nose clean, right, Chris? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a family podcast. Right? <laughs> well, it's really not a family podcast. No, I mean, no, you I have a family, it, no. and I guess you want to keep your family. So, you know, maybe you want to make this a family podcast. But uh, you know, yeah. you don't have any of those those Nikki Six moments where you know you 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 uh, they they hit you with Narcan, and and your your first thought is, God damn, you just uh, you know, I just blew all this this dope that i was feeling so good on no, no man I, I don't have any stories like that well that's good, I think, Chris. I, that's good. I think that's an era thing too because because like well renee you know, has plenty of stories like that yeah 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 more interesting man yeah it's yeah more interesting stop pressuring this guy why don't you tell no, him no, no, I'm, not, I'm not trying i'm not trying to go for any one story just uh i don't know just 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 uh making conversation here, yeah man. no it's cool yeah um because you know i mean uh, and 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 as you know like uh you know talking with maria or, or george you know george right renee you know you sure know. yeah yeah we had george on the podcast yeah yeah that's right yeah george who george porter oh okay yeah. But they, you know, they tell the stories of, of that day, you know, back in the sixties and seventies. Yeah. It was a whole different scene and where you, where, you know, all kinds of stuff was going on as you know, <laughs> but that right. doesn't seem to really fly. You know, now it's, there's so many great players and, and if someone's kind of got a, a problem or something, they just don't get called back, you know, or right. get hired, you know, right. It's, uh, it's, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it's, just, it's less rock and roll. <laughs> a lot less tolerance for that kind of thing nowadays. Well, you know, they, they saw where all that led, I guess, you know, and, uh, and, and you know, a lot of these people, uh, you're, you're not dealing with the uh, 20 year olds. Perhaps the 20 year olds are still going to go out there and make those same mistakes. That's Chris. true. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, mostly been working with some, some uh, folks of a different generation, I guess. So the audiences are, are a bit more mature if you will i don't know <laughs> sure now now but but then you're uh, you're teaching there in the in in the university um you have uh, some sage advice for your your students but i heard daniel lanois talking about this one time it's like and i totally agree his passion is the greatest teacher you know really if if someone's passionate about whatever it is in life really but particularly if it's music for example they're gonna do whatever they're gonna seek out whatever knowledge or experiences they need to um you know, be involved with in order to learn, I feel like. So it doesn't even have to necessarily be in a school, you know, you can just go hang out with this great engineer or this great musician or go see, go, you have to go see great musicians play or that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. You know, and I would think the St. Manny, was that like an acting? I mean, like you were driven by that, um, you know, <laughs> uh, I, know. <laughs> I just wanted to meet girls. Really, <laughs> there you go. And passion yeah. is the greatest teacher, man. <laughs> yes, yes, you were motivated. Well, that you know, they asked Brando the same question. He said he got into acting to meet women. Yeah, <laughs> he said that too, and you know, he became a big fat fuck who nobody liked. You know, um, he did but, some good work along the way, though. Yeah, he did some good work along the way. Yeah. He got stuck in a trash can once. He was so big. i think we heard that story yeah 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 in the hollywood hills right playing with his kids right his grandchildren or whatever and they were playing hide and go seek and he uh he hid in a trash can one of the ones that we have here and they found him the kids found him but then they opened the lid, you know, he couldn't get out. So they had to call the fire department to get the jaws of life out. <laughs> I think I said this in our early shows. It was part of the Hollywood stories segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked. In fact, uh, I think I heard we heard the story not too long ago. Maybe we had a recap of it then. Yeah, no, that's, a good, that's a good story. No, I like that one. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. There was a, a friend of ours, a friend of mine in L.A. Uh, had a friend who I met who apparently uh, – was an illegitimate kid of Brando, something like that. Oh yeah, but Brando, but Brando, you know, said he wasn't his son, but he knew mm-hmm. it was his son, so he invited him over anyway to play and stuff like that. Oh wow, and, yeah. you know that kind of stuff. I but, do, I do remember the story. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah we, we used to coming do back it to me. Long time when we did the Hollywood Stories segment early right, on right, in the right. show. Okay, um, yeah. you did that, but as far as that, you know, passion. You're, you're right, passion's everything. People have a passion for porn or passion for cooking sure or sure passion for you know gardening 
you know. Well, I was going to say, Chris, you know, everybody <laughs> ultimately learns from listening to records anyway. Right. And, you know, you think back to Ellis's day when they had like a 78 and they put the needle down on the 78 and they waited for that next uh, bar to come by that they hadn't figured out yet. And they yeah. listen to it and they try to figure it out and then they try to find that spot in the record again. And people learned how to play by doing that. And then now you have, uh, and they had great players develop and, and you know, innovate and, and uh, you know, carry the music forward. And now you have such technology at your fingertips where you can isolate everything, slow it down and analyze it in every possible way, keep your place. And mm -hmm. somehow it hasn't turned out more great musicians who are musing the mo moving the music forward. You know what I mean? It's... It's yeah. uh, because because that's the thing that that you can't make up for, you know, the 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 drive, the desire, the passion for to do it, you know, and without that, all the the technological f facilitation that you may have really doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that reminds me of the story. Uh, uh, There's a piano player uh, I knew that you know that Chick Corea tune, uh, Spain. Mm -hmm. He had he had learned it on via record and he had learned it. He had accidentally put it on the wrong speed or something. So he learned it in the wrong key. He transcribed Chick's entire solo like and played it in B major or something like that. Uh -huh. He didn't know until he got to jam with some friends that what this is in the wrong key. Like <laughs> I just imagine the work that they had to take, the time they had to take to do that. Right, right. But man, he right. said you mentioned about illegitimate kids that remind me of uh, uh, one of the Maria gigs we did in, in Minnesota. Um, Dylan had one that came out. I think it was something. This is a little fuzzy. I have to see if I remember. It was they were. I think they were um, giving him a like a Walk of Fame star on, on like a on a sidewalk. Dylan, Dylan somewhere, and Bob Bob couldn't make it or didn't want to make it. And um, but we we played two nights and. And they were, they were pretty tight, um, uh, but he she had done a tribute record to him, so we did a whole night of just the Dylan songs from her record, and nice. one of Bob's sons who looks just like him. <laughs> yeah, but but I guess apparently uh, Bob doesn't you know recognize him. <laughs> Came oh, out to sort of accept this this star for him. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, <man. laughs> and I just started feeling bad for the guy. Like, <laughs> oh <Jeez>. man, jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure Bob has more than that guy, too. <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, Chris, we're kind of uh, uh, nearing the end here, you know, looking around, look at the old clock on the wall. I know, Manny, uh, you, you have uh, have important things to, to get to tomorrow. Um, yes. Yeah. So, Chris, it's been a blast, man. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on the podcast, man. And uh, I know you guys are going to be out there with George Porter tearing it up. Uh, you know, tell all those guys we said hello. Yeah, yeah, man, you've got a very con a contagious laugh too. It's very, very sweet laugh. I like it. You know. Thanks, man. You're saying some funny stuff, bro. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's what I'm here for, I guess. Yeah, we love yeah. the laugh. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thanks again, Chris. Is there anything you want to promote that's coming up? Are you going on tour? Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, next Wednesday is this tribute to Earl King at Tipitina's. Um, uh, the night before Thanksgiving. Um, I don't know if when this is airing, I guess. Yeah, this will come out the, the night after that. Night after uh, that, okay. So, <laughs> so, yes. so, so forget about so, it. So that was right, a good right, right. <laughs> Go home right. and like, <laughs> Are your children celebrating birthdays soon or something? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, they both have them this year. Yeah, I mean, George's, I'll say this, George's birthday uh, is on christmas night the 25th and we'll be playing at the leaf and there's always a whole bunch of special guests to come out and play so it's like after hanging with your family all day on christmas day um if you want to come out come out to the maple leaf and uh usually a whole bunch of different folks come out and sit in and it's usually a blast nice um, so that would be i guess one kind of on the radar right on man very very good yeah 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 thank you chris yeah thank you all it's been a, it's been a blast and Chris, as always, on the Troubled Men podcast, we like to say, trouble never ends. The struggle continues. <laughs> Good night.